today we will be talking about digital health technology you know how you can study and work abroad uh, it says all you need to know I mean of course we don't know everything we will try as much as we can to share um, the things that we know that we have also experienced um, and we hope you find one or two values from this and the goal is to see how much I can connect people abroad to those people back home you know more importantly that we share our experience with all those that may be interested and see how best this can help them digital health it's something that's coming up i mean in advanced countries um it's already well established and many guys many international students coming from different countries in africa and nigeria also um, they're studying digital health abroad and the question we always ask ourselves is how can this study program help us you know back home what can we do with the study program um, for some people it might be a question of okay what are the requirements you know to study digital health related study program and what are the career opportunities later for you in the future <music> Hi Elvis, can you hear me? Hi Mike, good evening. Hi, good can evening, I... bro. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very tired. Hey, kaput. What's that? It's been kaput. <laughs> you know, kaput, that word was like one of the first words I learned in Germany. Kaput sounded like catapult. It's so funny. <laughs> you know, they use kaput for like literally many things. Ah, pass off, du machst das kaputt. Ich bin kaputt. Was machst du denn? Wie du das kaputt machen? Everything is just kaputt, 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 kaputt. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I was also... I mean, I finished work a bit late this evening and I had to, like, rush to have dinner. Um, I was like, if I don't have dinner, I wouldn't be really fit for this talk this evening. Yeah. So... Pardon? Good for you, good for you. I I just came back not so long ago, so Okay, okay. And I should just jump in before I, if I set so down uh, that would the next thing would be sleeping. Yeah. So did you did you travel or you told me you're yeah, going for a business trip? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay, okay. But you know the talk was for today and not yesterday, right? That was my mistake, so ah. I I thought it was yesterday. That was why I was just trying to make those arrangements. Exactly. Thinking it was yesterday because I knew I would arrive late. So ah, yeah. I so, was trying to make those arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. Your your friend wrote to me yesterday and was saying, "Oh, he thought we were supposed to chat on Twitter yeah. Space this evening," and I was like, "Ah, oh, no, it's 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 today." Mistake yeah. was from me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, I'm still happy that you can join, and I'm happy I connected with him. Um, and yeah, I mean now is is a I have one new connection, a solid one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so this evening we want to talk about digital health technology, and uh, I think um, my my goal, amongst other things, are one um, for people listening to this talk right now, later on, that first they understand what digital health is. I mean, chances are that anyone who takes interest in this 
already knows about digital health, you know, some in, in one way or the other, and which means they are probably interested in it. So um, my goal is to provide them one the necessary information if they want to study abroad in this field and also what kind of jobs can they do you know what career pathways are there for them in the future um and then finally we can just you know talk about how these things are essential you know in our community back home in nigeria for example so yeah these are like some of the things that i have in mind and uh i'm not sure what you have in mind but um these are the things that, from my side, that I would like to learn from you and from Williams and from whoever is going to join this call. So, cool. Um, but yeah, maybe you can just give a, a brief about yourself, like what you studied back in Nigeria and also what you studied in Germany. Okay, so once again, thanks for the invitation. It's always a pleasure joining you here. Yeah, so um, Elvis by name. I did um, microbiology with a focus on uh, medical microbiology back in Nigeria for my BSc. So after that, I worked for some years in the healthcare industry. And uh, one of the things that also informed me to pick up this program that I'm doing currently was the inefficiencies I saw in Nigeria, in our healthcare system. So I focus on diagnostic area. So I saw some of the inefficiencies there and also in the healthcare field in general. So I started doing my own personal research, reading here and there, looking for how to attribute my own best to solving mm -hmm. some of the plans to back home. And uh, I stumbled upon this, my current program, which is medical informatics, but right now it's known as digital health. I stumbled upon it accidentally anyway, because yeah, I, I didn't really know it existed. So it was actually a friend that uh, told me about it and uh, I was not so much into the IT domain. So I didn't really know much about it. But when he sent it to me, I went through the course content, I read it. And I understood what the course or the program was all about. So I picked interest in it and I told myself, of course, this is what you've been looking for. So why not give it a trial? And then since then, I've never looked back. And it's been, it's been good so far. And I like how it's evolving and how things are going. So currently, I'm, um, trying to, I'm about finishing the program. And uh, while I'm doing the program, I've also been working as a student, tech student, and some internships as well. So hopefully by the time I'm done, I will get a full-time position. So cool. <laughs> that's just don't really about me. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. You know, you know the interesting thing that you mentioned, and I want to believe this is also the experience of many of us who studied abroad or who are studying abroad. Usually it's like, you know what you've studied back home, and uh, you know what you want to study again, but you don't really know the name of the course. You just have the idea in your head. I want to do something like this, you know, with a mixture of this and that. I give you, you know, my own personal experience. I studied biochemistry back at the University of Hilary in Nigeria. And then after my studies, um, I still, because my biochemistry back then was, um, 
uh, focus a lot more on the medical area, the medical aspect. So I wanted to keep a touch of medicine, but also the industry. You know, I wanted something that cuts across medicine, research, and the industry. I wasn't sure of what I was going to do in the future, but at least I had an idea of the kind of environment that I wanted to be. So I started looking for courses, you know, randomly and thinking about what keywords to use. And then I stumbled on infection biology. And then I read the scope of the course and I was like, this is it, you know. Um, and then I applied. I applied to like seven different schools, you know, and courses. And then I was chosen for this infection biology. I don't know how that worked out, but it was a good experience. I'm just saying this to relate to your point of, you know, how you're not sure about uh, what's the name of what you wanted to study until someone shared it with you. That's that's. I think that this happens to a lot of us who study abroad because we have an idea of what we want to study, right? But it's like you're not yeah. sure how it's called on the other part of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. I, I agree totally. And yeah, it's also one of the things I tell people that try to apply to study abroad is... Um, Mm-hmm. Don't just focus on the maybe you want to do renewable energy, yeah, or you want to do solar energy or something like that, something related to energy, and you read physics. Mm-hmm. So maybe your mindset would be like, let me be looking for physics programs. So, you but know. it's always good that once you open that program that you have the the interest in studying, mm-hmm. as you are looking for it in whatsoever website you are looking for you try to check the course content exactly the scope of the course yeah yeah Yeah, totally yeah so once you check the course content it will give you an idea a deeper insight of what uh, the course is offering Mm -hmm. if it actually meets your expectations and then you go for it and while doing that as well you also have the opportunity to to discover different names that that course is being called it might be called yeah Mm-hmm. I've been called here, um, whatever name here in Germany, in the UK is called something else, in US is called something else, in Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, you just and, never know the, how it's called. But then when you take the time to read the scope or the content of the course, it opens your eyes uh-huh. to exactly what you're looking for. And I think in most cases, um, like study programs abroad or international study programs, they're also tell you about the career path in the future like where can you work in the future when you uh-huh. study this program the kind of industries the kind of i don't know maybe government opportunities and stuff so you also see this thing um i guess the point here is um try to explore you know if what if you studied physics or chemistry what you have to study at the next level does not you know, must not have the name physics and biochemistry in it, you know. So yeah. it's like Elvis from microbiology now to digital health. So me from biochemistry to infection biology, you know, um, and so on and so forth. You know, many people with all their different experiences. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, Elvis, so tell us what what is digital health? You know, for someone who is listening to this right now, what should they understand about digital health? Okay, so just just to mention, I have one of my colleagues here. His name is Basil. Ah, okay, so, cool. Yeah, so maybe you can make him a co co-host and uh, yeah, definitely. I, I remember I told him about I told you about him. So maybe along the line, he might have some one or two contributions to make. Yeah, so, yeah. I just made Basil a co-host now. 
Yeah, so um, for me, I would just say it as basic as it is to any layman. Please. Um, digital health is just like an umbrella term, like a marriage between healthcare and uh, information and communication technology. So in Nigeria back then, using it as an example, we saw the, the, most, the most familiar word then was fintech, fintech, fintech. And we saw how um, IT transformed the financial sector in Nigeria. So, That's right. And in some other African countries as well, where you can comfortably from your home and send trans- and do transactions within some seconds and you, you are done with that. Mm-hmm. So in the most basic form, that's digital health. So marriage between information communication technology and healthcare. And if you want to go deeper and uh, more insights about it, it involves different areas. So we talk about the core IT guys, that's medical informatics in itself, that involves <clears throat> different forms of um, programming, different forms of health information systems, different forms of uh, E-health technologies, tools, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, smart homes. So all these are tools, information communication technology tools that are being used to provide health care both to patients and also to help clinicians or diagnosticians to be able to streamline or improve the efficiency of healthcare provision. So digital health is just like an umbrella term, the largest form of it, the, or the, the term that can be used to describe all these information technology tools that are being used to improve healthcare, be it population-wise or individual-wise. So we are talking about from being staying at your house and being able to use communication technologies to manage your health that prevents you from going to the hospital. We're also talking about how governments can use these tools to be able to monitor the healthcare situation of the country. We're also talking about how hospitals or healthcare institutions can use these tools to be able to provide healthcare or make their healthcare provision seamless and more efficient. So it's quite a broad term, but like I said, in the most simplest form, the marriage between healthcare and IT. Okay. So, um, so right on that, uh, could you just say, um, I think for someone who's listening that they're able to relate to it, I mean, even though they get the idea, what would you say is the, the most common or what are the most common use cases of digital health technology, something relatable that one can imagine? Uh, I think, for example, um, like in Germany, you know, the, the health insurance, the TK, uh, there are so many health insurance in Germany. I use TK, for example. Whenever I go to see a doctor, um, most times, if this is my first time of going to that um, that praxis, so the hospital, clinic or whatever, they'll always ask me, hey, let's see your health insurance card. I give them my card, they put it into this device and then it reads all my information. When I travel from one city to another, um, it's like my medic. I carry my medical record in my, you know, health insurance card. So this is one example of digital health. Is this correct? Yes, perfect. Okay. Could you give us um, some, maybe some? Um. So please give maybe some other common use cases of digital 
our health technology. Okay, perfect. That would be a nice way to make it uh, easier to understand. So you just give an example, yeah? So the one that is easily relatable to some of our brothers in Nigeria or in Africa <laughs> is, um, or anywhere in the world is your your watch, the Apple watch that we wear, that most people wear. I don't know if some of us wear it here. So the this is like you use it to monitor your health, your heart rate. You use it to monitor your 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 different types. There are some that is that are used to to monitor blood glucose. So there are also implants that people put into their body or arms that monitor certain parameters in their system. All those are digital tools. So these tools um, record. In some way, it has been programmed to sense certain vibrations or information from the body. So, based on how it was programmed, and then sense information, this information via the web or via the cloud to your doctor that manages your health. So, this is like you are able to be able to know your health condition. And if there's any problem, it gives you like um, a notification that, oh, your blood pressure is getting high. You need to do such and so things to be able to control it. That's an example. We also have examples like in all these, uh, in, in care homes where you have elderly being taken care of, they have um, some certain um, applications to install in their body or implants in their body that sends information about their health parameters to, to their doctors. So you don't necessarily need to sit at home to watch over your grandfather or your grandmother. These implants are already there, or maybe they are watches, they are wearing them. They send information to you and to the phone, wherever they are, wherever you are. So once you get these notifications, you're able to monitor their health condition back at home. You know, that's an example. Another example also is um, telemedicine, for example. So... COVID-19 helped us to be able to see the, the advantages of all these communication technologies that I'm talking about. We are able to sit at the comfort of your home and uh, make a video call with your doctor, wherever he is. So you just have a consultation with the doctor and then he tells you, okay, this and that, do this, do that. With that, he is able to be able to diagnose you. So all these things help to decongest the hospital such that only emergency or very important situations or conditions of patients go to the hospital, you know. So those are some basic examples that um, I would like to cite. Then if you now talk about some other complex ones, which are deeper, so talking about, like, for example, the one you just gave, the uh, health insurance card. Your card. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, the health insurance card. Yeah, so inserting your health insurance card, that's like uh, uh, information, that's, I'm sorry, electronic health records. So once you insert your card, the hospital has um, what's called uh, um, electronic health records that detects that, okay, we have this patient in our system. So it's a connected health system whereby they have different departments. You know, if you come to the hospital, you have the administrative department financial department, the clinical departments, and different departments. So in the hospital, once you come in, that's the administrative department. They have their own electronic medical records programmed for that department. So once you insert that your card, it reads it, and automatically your data comes up. So 
They know that you have an appointment with them. They know that you must have done this at home through one of their applications or online or on call. So once you do that, once you insert that card, they see you that, okay, you're part of our patient. You are here with us. You've been with us. They send you to the department that you came to. Your information is there in the electronic health system. Unlike in Nigeria or some other African countries where they still deal with papers and uh, everywhere you go, you carry your hospital booklet. And when you go, you submit it to the audit, to the doctor, or once you come, you, you give your name to the yeah. administrative department. They now look, start looking for your name, your mm -hmm. documents, mm -hmm. wherever they've packed it. They will leave you and they go to the oh. warehouse to go and search for yeah. it. They are there waiting. Yeah. So, all those type of things. Why are we doing now talking about all these things to mm -hmm. improve the the efficiency in the hospital or yeah. Yeah. how you manage your health at home? Okay, I mean, now that you mentioned uh, the example in Nigeria, uh, something just came to my mind. How expensive do you think it would be to implement, you know, the simplest level of, you know, healthcare management with some, like, digitalizing, you know, some process in healthcare management? How expensive do you think it would be? Let's imagine if we want to adopt something like that in Nigeria. Um, what do you imagine? Do you think it would be so expensive that the, you know, like... It can. It's not affordable, or what? What do you think? It, it's not. A, it's not. A, it won't be. Def, it definitely won't be. Okay, definitely. Some of them are expensive. When yeah. you start talking about some of all these um, healthcare architectures that you need to install in the hospital, initially it's expensive, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But the benefit it provides is more than the initial expenditure because the, one of the goals of this um, digital tools is to improve access to healthcare number one yeah and also to reduce healthcare costs yeah definitely yeah they, re so, they re reduce the cost over time and uh -huh. also the efficiency is really increased yes. um and over time cost is you know really really reduced initially it's going to be like a heavy investment but at the end of the day you will cut down costs on so many other things yeah exactly <clears throat> Okay, um, maybe let's talk a bit about the, the study requirements. So for someone who wants to study um, <clears throat> digital health, um, informatics, there are so many names that it's referred to here in Germany, uh -huh. for example. What are the, you know, the requirements they need? Let's say someone wants to study it at the bachelor's level and someone who wants to study it at the master's level. What are the basic requirements for those candidates? Okay, so good question. Um, so <coughs> talking about the different names, you see health informatics, you see medical informatics, you see digital health, you see um, different names depending on the school or the country. So for my school, we have it as health informatics for bachelor level and uh, for um master's level we now call it um, digital health initially it was medical informatics so the requirements um basic requirements if it's the bachelor level you need all the all the science programs that um, have been listed not just necessarily science because the course in itself is quite broad when we not start talking about the career prospects so candidates are not necessarily just from the science background although science background is also very essential so combination of both um, science and and other other um, stem courses 
then for the master's level, you need to have been a graduate from the bachelor level or bachelor background, maybe in engineering, in the, any of the healthcare sector or biomedical sectors, like I came from microbiology. Mm. Um, someone from biochemistry can also join. Someone from engineering can also join. Someone mm. from medicine. We have a lot of medical doctors here that does the same program. Someone mm. coming from a core IT background, maybe um, computer science, um, something engineering, can also join the program. So it's a combination of these two programs. They try as much as possible to balance both. Mm-hmm. So you are talking about people coming from healthcare background, yeah, trying to get more skills from mm-hmm. IT background so that you combine these two. We now talk also about people coming from IT background yeah. trying to get more healthcare or medical skills mm-hmm. so that they can be able to, de- to develop products in the medical field. Mm-hmm. So the combination mm-hmm. of these both of these um both backgrounds, both the healthcare background or paramedical or biosciences and also from the IT background. So it also depends on the school you one wants to apply to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every year things change. So they because initially when I applied, it wasn't as competitive as it is today. Yeah. So the course is totally in English and uh, okay. yeah, you definitely require, require um, TOEFL or IELTS or any of those other English um, exams, PTE okay. and the likes. Mm-hmm. You require that and you need to get at least 7.0 last time I checked. Okay. Okay. And then what again? Uh, must you have any any sort of IT knowledge, like programming skills? skills Not necessarily. Like okay. I said, yeah. Like I said, people coming from medicine have no no IT knowledge. People coming from microbiology, That's from biochemistry, true. from any of the life sciences, biosciences, they don't have any IT knowledge. So they try as much as possible to balance both. Okay. Because the the course program itself, it's like bringing these two together. Remember I said in the beginning, it's a marriage between these two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they balance both because while doing the course, they're going to impact these skills and knowledge in you. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, that's true. Yeah, it makes you balance okay. within both yeah. fields. At the master's level, I can imagine that this, they are available in English language. How about at the bachelor's level? Uh, how... I'm speaking more precisely about Germany now. So um, how common is it to find this study program at the bachelor's level in English language? Do you have an idea? Yeah. Yes, in the bachelor's level, it's still in English. So okay, okay. for my school, my campus is totally an international campus that you have students from all over the world. Okay. So course it's taught there are mostly in English, but... Mm. There's a requirement for you to, before you graduate. So Which is? you definitely need German to a specific level, depending on the year, because every year things change. Hmm. Maybe this year they will say, okay, before you graduate, we need you to have A2 or <laughs> B1. Isn't so, that some form of trick, you know, to trick you in and then they say, oh, you need German before you can leave. <laughs> like come like, in without German, but before you go, you need German <laughs> before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's also for your benefit, by 100%. the way, because yeah. Yeah. there's no way you can practice 
mm-hmm. without the language. Yeah, you are yeah. talking to people, you are talking to clients, you are talking mm-hmm. to patients and the like. So yeah, you totally. different people. You need you definitely need language to communicate. Mm-hmm. Can so, you tell us the name of your uni, just in case someone listening to this is interested in checking out the school? It's um, Degendorf Institute of Technology. Yeah, I, I will put this in the link, guys. So just in case someone wants to know the name, I will put the the full name. Yeah, and that year, that year's. I think I really like that school. You know, um, we have helped some people find, gain admission there, especially for some engineering bachelor's program. And yeah, what you said is very correct. You can find a lot of um, bachelor study program in English language there, which is not very common in other universities. Yeah, yeah. I think typically in Germany. But at the master's level, you find a lot of study programs in English language, no problem. But when you go down to the bachelor's level, you still find some, but not as many as you would at the, at the master's level. But I think, yeah, that's your school in particular. They have a lot. I, I, would, I would like to visit there sometime, you know, and see the place. <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah, the, 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 the campus is still growing anyway, so... yeah. It's quite, it's not been too long, but they are growing fast. They are growing very fast, so. Yeah. But it's good. It's, it's, I mean, when I saw it myself, I was amazed. Yeah. And I think this is, this is something people should also look into, like uh, trying to target small universities and international, like universities with international study programs. Like also where I studied, University of Lübeck, it's a small university, you know, um, and one of the advantages is you find some really interesting special uh, study programs there and your chances also of getting admission, at least in my case, it's also like higher compared to other bigger yeah. universities because those bigger ones, besides the fact that they are located in big cities, they are like many, they receive many applicants. So the requirements, you know, to get in increases and stuff like that. So um, and at the end of the day, you actually you get more attention in small universities than in the big ones so um yeah i don't i mean people go to big universities for different reasons but personally i recommend the small ones where you actually have more interactions with the professors with the tutors and you really get to understand what you want to study there are more chances for you to like find a student job or have an internship position within the university and many other opportunities that you can also find there yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I w- I wanted to talk a bit about um, like what are the opportunities you know to international or prospective international students who want to study this program. You know, like, uh, maybe you can also share from your experience um opportunities like um if they're able to get some student job while they are are studying this program. I take it that for most um study path or work path that are somehow related to IT, um, they have more opportunities, you know, to work while they are studying and also later in the future. Do you think this is also the case with digital health? Yes. So I, just like you said, number one, getting jobs here in Germany while studying is, if you know what you're doing, it's, it's quite easy. Mm-hmm. But not so easy. You have to make the work. You have to do the work anyway. Definitely. So yeah. and be ready for the rejections as well. Hundred <laughs> percent. The, reje- <laughs> the rejections will come, but if you know what what you want to do and where you are planning to go, you definitely get it. Like, yeah, like you said, it's a combination of 
it it involves IT and anything that has IT in it is like hot cake today. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are def- there are definitely jobs everywhere, but like I will always say, most of them sometimes or most times require German. Okay. Require German. Good, very good jobs require German. But still, there are so many of them that still do not require German. You just need to have the the the, the grades to apply, and when the rejections come, you overlook it and keep on applying. All you need is just that one yes. Definitely. So yeah. I was talking to one one of my one of our, our students the other day that came after us, and he was like, he has applied to like ten or nine 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 companies and all of them gave him rejection that he's tired yeah <laughs> i was just mm-hmm. laughing and i said you've not even started and you are you're giving up mm-hmm. that's just like an introduction so just keep on applying applying all you need is just one yes and you get it yeah but do you Another think trick. but, but would, do you think maybe the rejection is because of the location how about if they were maybe applying to other locations maybe not degendorf maybe not down south there maybe some other parts you know um yeah. Is not it? necessarily Degendorf. The opportunities are not even in Degendorf per okay. se because Degendorf is a small city. It's a small dorm. <laughs> yeah, so it's not really that big. So you have to apply to many places. Berlin, there are so many startups in Berlin. Exactly. So many yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. So many. And most of these startups in Berlin don't even require German. So Yeah, this is what so I would imagine. Yeah. Some people look at Siemens, Rush, um, uh, what do you call it? Zeiss, all these big companies to be applying. De- definitely, it's very highly competitive in these companies. But if you start looking at other small startups, mm. incubations, and the, and the likes, you can easily get in from there. You just build your connections, build your network, mm-hmm. and not just focus more on sending CVs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while you send CVs, you also try to talk to people who are already in the industry, if they have any, any way they can link you up to any opportunity available. I take myself as an example. The first, um, okay, the first working student job I got was not really a connection. Okay. I just applied after so many rejections and the likes. And I, fortunately for me, even though I didn't have the complete skill, I was so bold that, uh, I was able to convince the... And not confuse. <laughs> convince and confuse. <laughs> we know Nigerians, we can wind people so much. So, yeah, but I knew I knew what I was coming with. I, I was able to... I was so motivated and bold enough to talk to them. And they gave me the opportunity. Okay. Even though what I was coming to do, I didn't know it. Okay. It was an internship, by the way. Yeah, and a working student. So while doing it, I learned on the job. So okay, okay. Then the second and third ones were just like some of them. I reached out to people on LinkedIn. Some I reached out to senior colleagues that have been there before me. Just like that, gradually. Why I keep on applying? First of all, I'll first of all apply and then reach out to them on LinkedIn or other networks. Okay, I okay. Apply to some jobs. And I'm just here to find out if you are recruiting for internship or working students or any opportunities, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All yeah. the opportunities, they are there. So you just need to Yeah, I, I think down. I think so too. I think the opportunities are there. And it depends on the flexibility of the study program of that 
particular candidates, their locations as well. But I would imagine that there are lots of opportunity um, in, in this area. Williams, I just made you a co-host. So if you want, um, you could um, accept and, you know, speak up. Um, yeah, I think you, you kind of touched a bit on the on the on the other part, which I wanted us to to talk about, you know, like the the career pathways, you know, like which areas one can work. But um, I was wondering, is there any way that we can, um, how do you, what are your plans? You know, like, um, do, you, do you imagine that you would in some way influence the, the healthcare system in Nigeria? Um, and so far from your experience, are there like a lot of Nigerians going into this direction? And do you think maybe in the next future we will have, uh, yeah, I mean, Nigeria is doing very well when it comes to fintech, you know. Are we also going to excel in digital health in the next years? Well, I really have no idea. I have a friend who is developing um, some kind of product around the healthcare system, which I think is also something related to healthcare technology. Um, but I don't know how much people are, you know, how much the innovation in this direction is going in Nigeria, for example. Do you have any insight on this? Yeah, good question. So, um, yeah, definitely. You know anything about Nigeria is it's it's quite it's quite slow sometimes, but it's it's going. So before I came here, I knew about uh, I think just one or few companies that I researched on that were into this already. Even then, before I started, I was like, can I even get an internship with them just to have like a little experience or exposure? So I know of uh, Mobi Health International, although it's from the UK, okay. but the, the founder is a Nigerian, a Nigerian doctor, and he schooled in the, she schooled in the UK and founded this uh, company. Okay. And uh, so far, they've really been waxing strong. There are other, other ones that have been coming up. We have um, Helium Health. What, do, what kind of service do they offer? Like... So, yeah, I mentioned... Um, Telemedicine. Aha, uh-huh, okay. So this is this one is specifically mostly telemedicine where you can from the comfort of your home do consultations uh, from your phone or from your, from your laptop. Yeah. Book appointments online. Like for example, all these busy um staff in the in the companies that usually are moving up and down or mm-hmm. really don't have mm-hmm. time to go to the hospital and wait. You can just book appointments online. They connect you to doctors all over the world. So you are not specifically Nigerian doctors. So you have Nigerian doctors, you have doctors in UK, Germany, US, Australia, and different parts yeah. of the world. Kenya. That sounds really Canada. solid. So you connect, they connect you to a special, depending on the type of specialist you want to see, they connect you to them. So you have your appointment with them, you talk with them, and they, if it's something that requires more in-person consultation, mm-hmm. they link you up immediately. Mm-hmm. So where you can get in-person consultations. Yeah. If it's one that requires um, um, lab tests, they link you up with a lab immediately or they can come to your location and collect your samples and uh, do mm-hmm. the tests and send their results over. If it's mm-hmm. one that requires farms that just requires um, drug prescription, they can prescribe the drug to you, go and get it or they send it to you directly to your comfort, the comfort of your home. So yeah, we yeah. Have this, they are doing all this and we also have others that are specifically focused on the electronic medical records or 
the electronic health records, try to implement these uh, loopholes in mm -hmm. the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So we have them. One of them just won a seed funding of about, forgotten the amount, but it's a huge sum of amounts a few weeks ago. That's and yeah, they are coming up strong. They are growing. That's good. And yeah, all I know is within the in the next five to ten years, the situation should have improved. Yeah. Aside from that, we also have the most basic form of digital health, which is like um, all these um, mothers in remote areas that can't get vaccination for their children because of the fact that they forgot or they are busy. Okay. So. We have some some startups or some companies that are working with government and other institutions or NGOs to provide um, text message reminders to these mothers mm. to take their okay. children to vaccination centers. Sometimes they just remind them about certain um, drugs that they need to give to their children okay. or certain information. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many things still going on and it's it's growing up gradually so i definitely believe that in the next few years it's going to help most especially african communities mm. in improving their healthcare system especially the primary healthcare because these people can't access healthcare yeah. for no yeah. good reason yeah. so with some of these tools we can easily provide healthcare to them Mm -hmm. And uh, imagine someone having video consultation with an expert in the US. Yeah. You know, when, to, before, when, because for you to only get such, such thing in the normal hospital, you know the processes you go through. Yeah. They will tell you that a consultant travels somewhere. Mm -hmm. We have one or two consultants that will see you maybe come in the next one month or two months, you know, all those type of things. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, these things are not necessary, you know. There are some, there are some health situations that do not need physical presence, you know. You just need to talk to the consultant or the specialist and they will take care of it. So I guess this this will really reduce the burden in the healthcare system and definitely increase, um, yeah, maybe the, the, the life expectancy rate in the country generally because, yes, uh, a lot of mortality are due to the poor healthcare system. Okay, um, Williams, I... You know, I made you a co-host. I don't know if you can speak now, um, but we are coming to the end of the talk this evening. So, guys, for those of you listening to this later on, the focus has been on digital health technology, how you can study this program ab abroad, and what are the career pathways for you in the future. Hi, Williams. Yeah, Mike. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing Hello, okay. Thanks for um, the um, for covering it for you know, the topic for today. Yeah, I discovered um, everything. There's nothing yeah, for you to say. <laughs> yeah, he has basically touched everything from the IT aspect, tech aspect to um, the business aspect of um, IT because um, that's where I personally come in because to have to look at. There are three pillars of health care, which is uh, um, accessibility, availability, and um, affordability. And for all these things to be able to um, ease the process of a good healthcare system, that's where tech comes in. Mm -hmm. That's where IT comes in to be able to make all this process swift and very um, easy for um, 
the healthcare system. And I believe with time, uh, with the way it's booming in the area of fintech, it's also gradually booming in um, healthcare generally. And I foresee maybe five to ten years from now, I, I believe with the um, introduction of um, digital health products in the healthcare system, um, yeah. the Nigerian healthcare system will be something to write on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have, I wanted right. to ask you, um, yeah. so you studied international health management. Uh, yeah. What does that entail exactly? Um, first and foremost, um, it entails um, comparative studies of um, different um, um, countries' healthcare systems, ranging from the US, Canada, and also the Euro- European healthcare system, and it's being managed what it entails and the laws and policies around these uh, various cases. Then also, it's all about you being um, the middleman okay. between um, the patient and also the management. You're trying to ensure that whatever um, management or managerial policies as to um, the um, working operations of an healthcare center, it has to fit in in a way that it suits your patients and also the preservation of um, when it comes to um, GDPR and data protection of the patient. Mm-hmm. You try to ensure that everything is safeguarded and also just try to balance the communication and also offering of services from both ends so that both parties will be pleased at, at the end and the goal of the um, um of the patient mm-hmm. uh, which is trying to uh, to to receive um affordable and also a well professionalized um treatment is being achieved mm-hmm. at the end so that's that's where we come into they just strike a balance yeah. and i i imagine a lot of application of digital health technology in international health management right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. totally Right. You can see us. You can see us as maybe the the human resource person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in healthcare system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay, man. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it very much that you joined the call. Elvis, thanks a lot also for your time. Appreciate it very much. And Williams, thank you also for sharing your insights. And um, yeah. That's all I have from my side this evening. Elvis, any final words from you before we wrap it up? Uh, well, not not really. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thank you. Thanks a lot for the invitation, and uh, definitely I will keep. I will still say that it's a growing field. Yeah. So many things are coming up to help um, our individual nations to be able to. I mean, no one that is health and is for you to be able to do anything. You you need to be healthy. So, and uh, maintaining good health, the first step to maintaining good health is being able to know more about your health situation. And digital health is providing these tools that we need to provide um, preventive health care as, as, as much as diagnostic health care and uh, treatment. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a growing field which will help every nation and uh, definitely i thank you for invitation to be able to speak about it and i hope that um 
and I'm always available to provide um, information or any guide to anyone that is aspiring to apply to such a um, program, be it in my university or wherever. So thank you again. And, uh, Great. Thank you so much, Elvis, once more. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Share with anyone that's interested. Thank you.